Hi, everybody. This is Cassandra, and I am so happy to bring you another message today on the Luminous Star Commentary. Please check the description box for links below. And today, I want to go ahead and start off by wishing you very well. I don't know everything that you may be going through right now, but I wish you the very best. Now, more than likely, you're listening to this because you have had experiences with pathological narcissism. And once again, today, I just bid you a very good day or night, wherever you are. And remember, take care of yourself as well as each other. Okay, now that I got that out of the way, I want to talk about how narcissists seem to lack that very important thing called empathy. Okay, according to the DSM-5, this is what narcissistic personality types often lack, and that is empathy. Now, I want to go over empathy versus sympathy. So when a person feels sympathy for another person, usually there's a lot of resonance going on there or a lot of um, uh, correlations. In other words, this is a person that they feel compassion for, usually because they share a similar misfortune or they used to experience something that they know this person is experiencing now. That is unfortunate. Okay, so they tend to have some resonance there because you, let's just say, for instance, you went through something before and someone you know right now, uh, someone you know, they're going through the same thing. So you have sympathy for them. Now, empathy is whereas you don't have to know what it's like to go through the misfortune that the person is going through or to experience the pain at the same level that that person experiences. So there can be, you know, a lack of resonance, some resonance. Because this is another person like you are. But you don't know what it's like to go through the misfortune that they are uh, going through. For instance, you may know someone who has gone through a narcissistic relationship. Or they've had the experiences of pathological narcissism. Not only in the workforce, but in their own personal life. Maybe their family or they're married to a narcissist or something like that. But you perhaps have not gone through that experience yourself so you feel empathy for the person okay you may feel sympathy as well but empathy means you don't necessarily have to share the misfortune in order to feel compassion for someone who is having a painful experience this is what narcissists usually lack is the empathy believe it or not some narcissists do experience sympathy for some people right surprise or shocker but they do Because this is when they don't have to know exactly what it's like. Okay. Uh, Pardon me. That that is when they have shared something. Right. So sympathy. They may know a little bit about what the other person is going through. Because the narcissist experienced the same thing. But when it comes down to empathy. They tend to lack that. So if they uh, don't know what it's like to go through that very thing. They may be. They may give the cold shoulder. They may even uh, be indifferent to that person. So it's usually a little bit cruel and unusual the way the narcissist chooses to handle that situation. Okay, this is where they lack it. Again, they lack empathy. But I'm saying all that to say that sometimes when you're dealing with narcissists, sometimes it's best to hold your peace or to maintain the peace that you have. Because obviously the narcissist doesn't have peace within because they're causing so much chaos wherever they go. The way that they relate to people tends to be very problematic. Everybody knows that except the narcissist. (laughs) It's funny how that is, right? But, you know, one of the main tools that I have noticed that is not used, okay, while attempting to thrive forward past narcissist relationships is to notice the tendencies Okay, there's a ten. Pardon me to notice that there tends to be a tendency to overlook certain components that make the relationship narcissistic. You know, so it's almost like being right in the thick of something, but not seeing it very clearly. Okay, so um, there are two components that I know personally that you might be dealing with. Okay, some of you, I I know this personally, but some of you, I don't know everything you're going through. But I can pretty much guess that if you're dealing with a narcissistic relationship or you have experienced seeing signs of pathological narcissism in some of your relationships, there are two components that you are dealing with on a daily basis. 
okay? And they may seem nearly impossible to get past, okay, the grips of the narcissist relationship or the clustery personality types, such as a borderline personality, a histrionic personality, and an antisocial personality, okay? Okay, so of course, the narcissistic personality. All of these four components, okay, consist of the narcissistic, uh, pardon me, the cluster B personality type, okay, which is a fixed personality. There's two other personality types, the cluster A and the cluster C. Now, the reason why I'm going over this is because the cluster B personality is the only personality type that is fixed. Therefore, that means that it is less likely to adapt or change in order to get along well with others, right? So the cluster A personality type, they're flexible. The cluster C personality type is also flexible and adaptable in order to have positive relationships. It is the cluster B personality type that doesn't seem to be as flexible, okay? So I'm, I'm just bringing that up because this is one of the reasons why some people find it very difficult. Matter of fact, a lot of people who have been in narcissist relationships find it very difficult to grow past or get over, okay? And I don't mean that to be to sound like is I'm being insensitive because a lot of people say, well, just get over it. No, sometimes it's very tough to get over something. This is why in a lot of my videos on the Luminous Star channel, I say, don't try to get over the narcissist. Grow past him or her, okay? They detest change. Narcissists don't like change. So if they, they have a sixth sense about the people around him or her that may be changing for the better. Ever notice how the narcissist tends to turn up on demon time when people around them start to level up? or themselves grow up, okay? They're outgrowing the narcissist relationship. The narcissist relationship doesn't work for them anymore, okay? The reward system has malfunctioned. They're not getting anything out of the narcissist relationship anymore. So they're outgrowing that relationship. The narcissist tends to turn up on the rage tactics or the pulling of the shenanigans. They tend to turn up on the demon time when people around them may be leveling up or growing up. See, I've learned that once you thrive forward, that is a reflection of your experiencing a personal ascension. When you thrive forward, you are automatically leveling up. Okay? So when you are moving forward, you're not stuck. When you're thriving forward, you're not stuck. You're moving up. You're leveling up. Perhaps you're growing up and out of a narcissist relationship. And that's a good thing. But the narcissist doesn't like it, right? So the two components that a lot of people tend to be dealing with when it comes to narcissistic personality, these two components right here are easy to overlook. And they are pathological narcissism and codependency. Okay? Every narcissist relationship has subtle signs of codependency. This does not mean that everybody in a narcissist relationship is a codependent. I really want to make that clear. There are subtle signs. They're not as apparent, in other words, right? That there are uh, signs of codependency there. That sometimes they're not very clear, but they're there. Narcissists are overly dependent on the narcissistic relationship. Just think about it. Narcissists tend to be addicted to people, not in the best way. They are overly dependent on that relationship to get the source supply. Okay, they have several false images to uphold. They're loyal to, okay, which is that of a martyr or a saint or a victim who cannot seem to catch a break in life. Narcissists tend to wear these masks, okay, until they start to bust, crack, you know, <laughs> and fall and slip. Then they start to shape shift in order to save face, ironically, okay? So, uh, the biochemical addiction and neurological or neural pathways, right? This seems to keep trauma, bonds, and other insecure attachment styles intact, okay? But, you know, the two components, components that I mentioned, <clears throat> I mentioned this because, again, these are not very apparent to people who have been dealing with narcissistic abuse, 
And that's the pathological narcissism. Okay. And the codependency pathological narcissism is different from a healthy narcissism. Some people, you know, they clap back or they, you know, <laughs> they respond to that and say, well, there's no such thing as healthy narcissism. Well, you know, yeah, there is healthy narcissism is when a person can see their own positive attributes, but they can see other people's greatness too. And they let people know, Hey, you're great too. You know, I have some good things about myself, but I see it in you too. See, narcissists don't do that. They don't want anybody else outshining him or her at all. So they tend to do the one-upmanships, being in fierce competition with other people around him or her. They have to be top-notch or top-dog, okay? Not calling anybody a dog, but you guys, I hope you get the picture. Narcissists want to be the main one or the center of attention in the room. Okay, nobody else can outshine him or her. They cannot have it. <laughs> All right. So when it comes down to the components here, the pathological narcissism and the codependency, these are very important to, to recognize or to realize because otherwise a person can get lost in the sauce of a narcissist relationship. They can end up stuck or stagnant in a narcissist relationship. When a person gets to experiencing certain things in a narcissist relationship, the reason why they become stagnant is because perhaps they don't realize that their emotions are their energy in motion. In other words, the energy is supposed to consistently and constantly move because it's, in vibra it's vibrating. Everything is vibrating around us. Everything has energy. Well, every living organism, in order to exist, it has to have energy. That includes you and I, our plants, our pets, <laughs> and other people we love and care about, right? Every, even even the, um, the, uh, the heavenly bodies, living organism, okay, or living organisms, they have to have energy in order to exist. So narcissists, they tap into the energy, bodies of other people, and they extract what they want. This is why the energy body you know, cannot be stolen, cannot be taken. This is not invasion of the energy body snatchers. Okay, the, not, the narcissist can't snatch your energy body away, but they can tap into it and leave you feeling drained. So this is often why it's also very difficult for people to grow past the narcissist relationship. The aftermath of narcissistic relationships can be very heavy um, energetically. It's a heavy, heavy energy but there's ways that we can transmute that energy and relieve ourselves of that energy, okay? Or to release that energy. I'll get to the tools in a little bit, okay? But I just want to really bring this home to you guys because some people right now are dealing with narcissists seeming to not, or they seem to be oblivious to the effect of their energy on other people, the way they are, okay? They don't seem to care about how they affect other people, Narcissists, they tend to have a, a guilty complex rather than a guilty conscious because that means they have to have a conscious first in order to feel that empathy that I was talking about. That's part of feeling empathy. There has to be some conscious or higher consciousness there. Narcissists tend to lack that empathy. They lack that little thing that a lot of us have on the inside of us that helps us to practice personal boundaries. Like, okay, don't go too far. We might be teasing somebody, but we know when to stop. Narcissists tend to not have that thing as a part of their um, wiring. They're not wired that way, okay? They tend to lack empathy. That, that correlates with lacking empathy. They may be um, mistreating someone, but the narcissist tends to not know when to draw the line. They don't know when to stop. They don't know when to stop playing so much. In other words, okay, or you've heard that, expression they play too much right so narcissists tend to lack that and this sometimes can be a mystery to the rest of us who are experiencing the narcissist relationship we look at them as if you know like okay you know don't you think that's going too far but to the narcissist no they don't feel or think perhaps that they're going too far because they lack empathy empathy again is a correlation to that thing that i'm talking about 
that a lot of us have. We know when to stop. We know when to lay off. We know when to, you know, step down or to bow out gracefully and and thrive forward. We know when to do. The narcissist doesn't have that light switch. They don't have that. So this is why they continue to go and they do things to the extreme. Sometimes they exp- they express the narcissistic rages once they detect that you are perhaps outgrowing the relationship. You're healing. You're thriving forward. You're choosing to take off the rose-colored glasses and see the reality for what it is. Instead of looking at yourself and the situation through the eyes of the narcissist who wants to control and dominate the relationship. Sometimes narcissists turn up on the demon time when they detect that you are moving up or you're leveling up financially, emotionally, spiritually, what have you. Things are looking up for you. The narcissist tends to want to come in and intercept that. Ever wonder why? Well, because they are a person. They, they tend to be people who don't have peace. So they don't want you to have peace. The narcissist likes to be in the center of the mind, not the heart. Because once they get you in the mind, they can get everything else. Narcissists really, they're not loyal to those who are loyal to them. This is why they don't value you loving them, caring for them, supporting them. No, the narcissists, they tend to, again, lack empathy. They don't see it the way you do. They don't see it the way I do. They don't see see it the way other people do who may have empathy. Okay, so it's very hard sometimes to grow past these relationships but it's not impossible so you know when the narcissist when they uh, are engaged in all of their shenanigans what's some of the things that happen okay sometimes they ghost they deliver the silent treatment right or, or they suddenly discard this is what they call the narcissist uh, cycle I think it's called the narcissistic abuse cycle they idealize they devalue and then they discard. But I like to add another thing. Sometimes they come right back around and they hoover you back in to a very unfavorable situation. And you may be wondering, well, why is that? Once again, the narcissists, they tend to lack empathy. So they don't have that light switch that says, look, enough is enough. You've already caused enough damage. You know, stop hurting that person or stop causing more problems or injury or what happened. No, no, no. Narcissists don't have that. Some of them have what's called the dark triad. I've spoken about this several times in some of my videos. And I talk about the dark triad because this is another thing that reflects how the narcissist lacks empathy. The dark triad consists of not only narcissistic personality, but also the Machiavellian personality, as well as the psychopathic tendencies. So narcissists who have that dark personality on that level really don't have that light switch called the empathy. Okay, they don't they don't know when to quit. They don't know when to just say, okay, enough is enough. And, you know, I, and they don't have those moments of clarity or, they, or, or when they do, they, they just ward it off. They, they, they just go against it. They don't pay attention to those moments when their highest self or their intuition is coming through. Narcissists tend to be more instinctual, you know, than intuition. They have, some of them have the intuition, but they use it for negative rather than good. Narcissists tend to rely more on their instinct rather than their intuition. Okay, so they may pull these shenanigans by ghosting, delivering the silent treatment when things don't go their way. And then they discard. And then you wonder why they're coming back after all of that, right? It's because they want to dominate and control they want to make sure that they can have you bent in a pretzel just not, not just you but anyone the narcissist likes to sit back and watch everyone bending themselves in a pretzel for them fighting for their affections being in fierce competition with others for the narcissist affections narcissists love that show they're sitting back with their popcorn and they're watching the whole thing go down and they love it, okay? Because it's all about them. It puts them in the center of everyone's attention. Narcissists sometimes thinks that attention pays a lot more than money. That is more valuable than money sometimes. So if you pay the narcissist's attention to them, that's better than you giving them a million dollars for some of them, especially the dark triad types. 
Okay, so uh, narcissists may sometimes seem to not get it when you may try to explain to them or you try to convey to them or you are communicating to them, right? That you're not getting what you're bargaining for in the relationship. In other words, the love that you're putting out is not being reciprocated. And they are often blind to that because they choose to be blind to it. Again, lack of empathy correlates with that too. So the narcissist, they're pulling all these shenanigans, right? They're sitting back, enjoying the show. Everybody's fighting over them, especially if this is a third-party situation. Narcissists usually have a network of third-party situations. They just like the Lay's potato chips, right? Not no, sponsoring, by the way, right? Not promoting the Lay's. But they just cannot have only one. Narcissists got to have, okay? They just got to have several third-party situations going on at the same time. And it's not always personal. Sometimes it's professional third-party situations. Okay? Narcissists just like every They will pit people against each other and sit back and watch. Okay? The narcissist is not loyal to anyone. They're loyal to their false self-images of that of a martyr, saint, or a victim who cannot seem to catch a break. Okay, so uh, these are just some of the things that I'm sharing with you guys because I know sometimes it's confusing as to why the narcissist will pull such shenanigans only to come back around again and seem to be totally oblivious to the hurt and the pain and the damages that they have caused. Lack of empathy is all tied into that. Okay, so sometimes the narcissist, they enjoy all of these mind-screwing tactics. Okay, but they're very diabolical. But they're designed to induce shock and awe. What does that mean? That means you're the one shocked once they pull the rug out from underneath you, right? And the narcissist is in awe of being able to pull such a shenanigan. All for source supply. Okay? So, uh, again, lacking the empathy. Not caring the effects that they leave, you know, or, or, or influence other people to feel due to their actions, their choices. Sometimes their choices can be quite triggering. For instance, a narcissist may choose somebody over you if this is a romantic situation. And that someone may turn out to be recruited as a flying monkey to spy on you. Narcissists tend to do twisted things like that. They'll get, they'll choose the other person, get with that other person, and then recruit that person to become uh, a flying, or to play the dysfunctional role of a flying monkey to spy on you because that person that they chose over you may be a friend or somebody that you thought was your friend. Could be a family member. Could be someone that you are in business partnership with. Okay, all these things. But many have concluded that living with narcissism, okay, or some people have concluded that after living with a narcissist, right, there's no, it's just a pipe dream that they can be narcissism free in their life. But it's possible. They can choose to thrive forward, regardless of their experiences with narcissism or narcissists. Okay, the narcissist lacks empathy, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we have to, those of us who have been in a relationship with him or her, we don't have to lack empathy or sympathy. We can celebrate that we have the capacity. We can celebrate having the compassion for love. You know, we can celebrate that we have the capacity to love, to nourish, to have good relationships with others. Narcissists often, due to lack of empathy, they may mm, indirectly attempt or unconsciously attempt to destroy that in the other person or the people that they are involved with. Okay, they may be, again, usually it's unconsciously they will do that because of their lack of empathy. Where does that leave other people? You know, really, how do they feel? Sometimes it's not only how the person feels, but what they're feeling. This is where the energy is moved. Again, energy is designed to move all the time rather than being stagnant. So when we're stagnant, rather than moving forward, we're moving backwards. Rather than experiencing leveling up or ascension, we're experiencing a, de a descension or spiraling down. The narcissist likes to leave people stuck in the sunken place, the sunken, stunken place of a narcissist relationship, especially if they have discarded and they venture out to get new supply. If they try to hoover back in, 
where they're going to look for the person or the ex or the person they used to be involved with. It doesn't have to be a romantic situation. It could be a friendship. It could be a business partner. When they come back around to Hoover, they often look for the person where they left them picking up the pieces. And that is stuck in the sunken, stunken place. Okay? Getting lost in the sauce of a narcissist relationship. Narcissists don't look for that person to be out and about living their life, living their best life. You know, making, wheeling and dealing doing things with their life. The narcissist doesn't expect that. They expect to see them in the sunken place. And I don't care how many years go by, how many months, weeks, days, doesn't matter. The narcissist, if they should choose to attempt a successful Hoover, they will look for the person where they left them. And that is in the sunken, stunken place of a narcissist relationship. Okay. The aftermath of a narcissist relationship can be quite devastating. And again, it could be uh, triggering. Some people don't think, again, it's a pipe dream to them to be able to thrive forward past narcissist relationships. Okay. So, you know, some people, um, they don't think it's impossible because they can't seem to stop thinking about the narcissist. I've done a couple of videos about it. Actually, I've done several videos about thinking about the narcissist repeatedly and what's causing it and also how to overcome it. Okay. So, um, I'm not going to get into that right now, but it may seem to be practical to some people to become more educated about the topic of narcissistic abuse and pathological narcissism. Okay, so one cannot deny the effectiveness of becoming aware of how a person is personally being affected by pathological narcissism. So it doesn't matter the class of the person, the culture they come from, or, or they are a part of, the ethnic a group that they are a part of it see none of that stuff matter the education or the lack of education see the one thing that just tends to ring true for everyone who has been dealing with pathological narcissism and that is becoming aware at some point the effectiveness of becoming aware of it okay let me break that down meaning once they know how they got into the narcissist relationship they will know how to get out Okay, so a person is being affected by pathological narcissism. That's something that everybody who's been involved with a narcissist has in common. They have been affected in some way, shape, or form. But the moment that they become aware of how they were affected, wow, that's see, that's an aha moment. That's an aha moment because then they will know how to get out of the situation. Okay, and I'm not telling you that's what you should do. But once you get, once you know how you got in, you'll know how to get out. That's the best way that I can put that. Okay, so narcissistic codependent relationships, they become a huge part of a person's lifestyle. Okay, which can consume them and alter their thoughts, behaviors, and perspectives. Okay, so um, I'm just sharing that with y'all because I'm saying this from personal experience. And I know some people who have been in these types of relationships. So the narcissist, all the while, they tend to lack empathy through it all. All the changes that everyone else is going through and the narcissist seems to be skating right through. No problem. Okay, so that's another indication that perhaps there's a lack of empathy going on there. And then before you know it, there there tends to be a feeling of parallel reality, which can induce a sense of surrealism. It can't be happening. You may say you may be <laughs> grappling with that. Like, could you know, is a narcissist really like that, or did they really mean to cause harm? And and then you just flip flop, flop back and forth. See, the narcissists love to see people jumping through fiery hoops behind him or her. They like to see people bending themselves up in pretzels behind them or trying to get their affections or trying to gain their approval or validation. In another video I've done, maybe you've seen it, signs that you are done with a narcissist. I break down how you really never needed the narcissist to help you gain closure. This is something you desired. And this is very common. So don't beat yourself up for that. Okay. We, We don't need the validation of the narcissist we desire it very different 
when you start to look at just how powerful you really are in the situation, it may not feel like you're powerful, especially when you're in the middle or in the thick of a narcissist relationship. Because somehow the narcissist relationship can leave people feeling powerless and they may deal with two other components. And that is the other two components that they can deal with is fear and forgiveness. Because narcissistic abuse, narcissist, the aftermath of narcissist relationships can leave a person grappling with those two things. How am I going to forgive this person? What type of fears have been stirred up due to that experience or those experiences? So those are the two dynamics or the components that people can also deal with due to the aftermath of a narcissist relationship. Okay, so, you know, some people, they can experience that twilight zone of a parallel reality. Again, it can it can end up causing that surrealism. You know, is it real or is it not real? It's hard to tell uh, reality, okay, from fantasy, especially when the narcissist is weaving their web of deception. Okay, they're juggling. They have all these third-party networks. Everybody's fighting for them, and the narcissist... They think that they're a victim and they keep conveying that or gaslighting other people as well as yourself into believing their perspective of their reality. See, in their reality, you're the person who's wrong. In the narcissist reality, they create a false image of you and others. Everyone that the narcissist deals with has a false image in the narcissist psyche. And I'm not sitting up here trying to say I know the psyche of a narcissist. Absolutely not. I'm just basing this off of my own personal experiences. And due to the testimonies that I've actually been able to hear from other people. And I want to thank those people for sharing their stories. Okay, so other people have been testifying or giving their testimonies of these experiences with a narcissist. The narcissist tends to have a lot. They pull a lot of shenanigans. They have a lot of tactics that they use interchangeably. Okay, they they switch out one for the other and then they reapply. It's like a wash, rinse and repeat fashion that narcissists use their tactics in order to obtain what? Supply, maintain what? Source supply from every person that they deal with. So when you really think about it, the narcissist, their, what makes sense to them is to go ahead and create a false image of everyone that they deal with. They're not trying to connect. They're trying to control. In every situation, the narcissist cares not about the connection to others, but the controlling of others. It's about the control, not the connection. The narcissist is not interested in healthy relationships. So the more toxic, the better for the narcissist. And this is also tying into their lack of empathy. They don't care. They don't feel connection. They, they don't feel that same thing that other people may be feeling. So when you sometimes get to express what you have experienced, the narcissist sometimes will get busy on exploiting your capacity to do so. The narcissist gets busy with exploiting as soon as you get busy with expressing. Ever notice how that happens? Because, again, they don't like the change. So when you start to show signs of coming up or leveling up, the narcissist gets busy on turning up on the demon time in order to shut down anything you have going that may be good for you, such as your support base. The narcissist has no business being in your support base. But I'll get to the tools. You know, I'm trying to save the tools for last. But that's one of the tools. Have a support base and navigate it. Like nobody's business, but your own. It's your business. The narcissist has no business in your business like that because they will dismantle it. Okay, let me, I digressed. (laughs) Okay. So sometimes when you are experiencing the parallel reality in the narcissist relationship, not only does it induce that surrealism, but the narcissist is also, it may not be apparent to you that the narcissist is pulling what's called a telekinesis. How do they do that? That's their attempts. The keyword is attempt to alter your sense. That's another keyword. Your sense of time, your sense of reality. They they attempt to alter that. 
that ties right into them attempting to get you to buy their perspective of their reality, which means that you are at their mercy. In their reality, you are inferior and they are superior. They want you to buy that perspective of their reality instead of taking off the rose-colored glasses and seeing the reality. See, it's the narcissist's truth versus the truth. The narcissist's truth and the truth. Which one is more reflective of reality? Exactly, the truth. The truth doesn't need any help. So narcissists often want to get you to buy their perspective of their reality, which renders you what? The victim or inferior. See, they see themselves as a victim. The narcissist's perspective is that they are the victim. Their false narrative, which ties right into that, that perspective of their reality. See, they'll give a false narrative or give false narratives. This is why they smear campaign. They pull shenanigans. They have a big trick bag of abracadabras. Recently did a video, a few videos, a couple of videos about the abracadabra codes. Narcissists have a lot of those, by the way. That's their attempt to to manipulate a situation in their favor. So they may say and do certain things in order to make that happen. Such as pulling the telekinesis. Their attempt to alter sense your sense of time and your sense of reality. So all of that correlates with them not having empathy. See, the, their lack of empathy is right. Picture a cluster. Right in the center of that cluster is a lack of empathy. The narcissist's lack of empathy. And then uh, springing from or uh, clusters that are connected to that main cluster are the other things that I'm speaking of here. See, the main thing, the overall message I want you guys to get in this particular podcast episode is that narcissists tend to lack empathy, but it's deeper than you think. See, narcissistic relationships cut deep. So you have to go deep in order to thrive past the narcissist relationship. You have to go deep where? Within yourself. The narcissist never tried to get to know anyone that they have source supply from. Which is again why I say it's about for them it's about the con- it's about the control not the connection. If they lack empathy, they're not trying to con- naturally for them they're not trying to connect. They lack empathy. They don't want to get to know anybody. They don't want anybody to get to know them. It's a it's the lack of the connection that is correlated to their lack of empathy. So if they don't know anything, See, they can walk around and act like they don't know anything. Well, sometimes they do. Narcissists, sometimes they know some stuff. <laughs> they know, but they behave like they don't know because they push it out of their consciousness. But it's subconsciously. They are aware. Sometimes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I think they are aware. I could be wrong about that. But they sure do seem to lack the empathy. Okay? And again, that's according to the DSM-5 as well. Narcissistic types, you know, like this, they lack empathy. So when they pull the telekinesis and they're trying to alter your sense of time and reality, unfortunately, this can cause the uh, crazy making to be turned up as well. And it's part of the crazy making that we all, well, not all of us, but a lot of us who have been in these narcissist relationships we know about. And that is the crazy making. Okay, so when during that nightmarish twilight zone of a parallel reality, right? I know that was a mouthful I just said, but I think a lot of you felt that one. You just you know about that one. It's it's because that whole narcissistic relationship situation just seems so crazy, doesn't it? And it makes you feel like you're crazy. But I want to remind you guys of something, right? What your what you have experienced is crazy. You're not crazy. You're naturally responding to something that perhaps is not natural. I'm not trying to sound like I'm talking about the paranormal. <laughs> I'm getting tongue twat. I'm not talking about the paranormal. <laughs> okay, I don't know why I couldn't say that for a second. But anyway, um, I'm not talking about that. When I say that perhaps you're experiencing something, you, you are you naturally are 
responding to something that perhaps is unnatural. For instance, some people who have discovered that they have a narcissistic mom, see, they're naturally responding to something that perhaps isn't natural. This is a woman who carried them in their womb for nine months. Naturally, the relationship ought to be pretty good, right? It may not be the best, but it should be a lot, you know, it should be pretty good. It shouldn't be, I'm going to strike the word should, shouldn't. Naturally, you would think, or most people would think that a mom in, would have a good relationship with her children, but that is not always the case. Some of us have grown to find this out. We've come to this realization. Not all moms get a, you know, have that maternal instinct when it comes to their children. They lack it. Some women lack the maternal instinct. Some women are more naturally um, um, motherly. They may not have their own children, for, perhaps, but they have a motherly instinct that a lot of people who meet them or who deal with them knows. The narcissist knows this too. They tend to tap into the energy, okay, of such a woman, okay? Even if this is another, if this is a narcissistic female, she may tap into the energy of a woman who tends to be motherly and she may um, have maternal instincts, even though she may not have children of her own, but she has a motherly way about herself, which is very soothing and comforting. A lot of us have met at least one person like this in our life, okay? So narcissist, male or female, they will tap into the energy of such one like that. Okay. Just for just an example, naturally people would think that, or people would think naturally that a woman would have a pretty good relationship with her children. She carried them in her womb for nine months. She fed them, you know, uh, make sure they go to school, clothe them and all this. Some women who are mothers don't even do the basics. She may be neglect or negligent in that regard. But the bottom line is this, um, when you are naturally responding or you're responding naturally to something that is not natural, that's what that looks like. Like, you know, people who may find that they're married to a narcissistic person. This, naturally, you know, you would think that, that you would think that naturally a spouse or spouses would be like a united front, they were functioning, function as a united front. Okay. But if they don't, that doesn't feel natural. It doesn't seem natural. So that person, the spouse who perhaps is not the narcissistic type, they may ponder over that. Okay. They may be going through a lot of stuff emotionally, financially, spiritually, due to the aftermath of perhaps being narcissistically mistreated by their spouse who may have a cluster B personality type, such as a borderline personality, narcissistic personality. Okay, they may have been diagnosed with these things, by the way. Okay, a, a narcissistic personality, an antisocial personality, a histrionic personality, and a borderline personality. Okay, these are the cluster B personality types. So she may find out that, oh my gosh, I, I'm married to somebody like this. So she may be puzzled as to what to do. So she's going through it uh, spiritually, emotionally, and so forth and so forth. It could be a man. could be the other way around. He may find out he's married to a woman who has a close to be personality type. Same thing. He's going through it financially, emotionally, spiritually, so forth and so forth. Okay? So the bottom line is this. They may be stuck as to what to do. They may not know what to do about that. But it can feel like, it can feel surreal. It can be that twilight zone of a parallel reality. Parallel reality is the narcissist experiencing the relationship one way and you're experiencing it in another, but yet you're in the same relationship. But the narcissist, again, they lack empathy. So again, that parallel reality can happen. They can be seem to be oblivious to how they affect you, their energy, how their energy affects you. Choices that they have made concerning you may be triggering to do, but they, they may seem to be obvious, uh, oblivious, pardon me. Narcissists may seem oblivious to that, right? They don't seem to understand that some of the choices they made concerning you might be quite triggering to you, even though it might be a couple of years later after the fact okay so uh narcissists they are about the crazy making but this again can be quite subtle the crazy making could be subtle so you may have experienced something that is crazy but you are not crazy it can make you feel crazy but remember 
Okay, you experience something crazy. You're not crazy. It's crazy. Or the narcissist relationship, the way it functions is crazy. Sometimes the narcissist wants us to look at ourselves through their eyes. And sometimes they will gaslight. So there are times that people will look at themselves through the eyes of the narcissist. And they may mislabel themselves as crazy because of the crazy making that they experienced. Once they experience, once they choose to experience what they have, once they choose to express what they have experienced, right? Then they can thrive forward past that situation. Because now they accept that they have outgrown the narcissist relationship. The narcissist is not going to like them outgrowing it because they lack empathy. The narcissist tends to turn up on demon time. Once a person shows signs that they are on time. You heard that expression? You're right on time? Yes. That can mean that now that you're more aware, you know what time it is when it comes to the narcissist. So once you, (laughs) yeah, once you start to show that you are now on time with it, right? The narcissist will turn up on the demon time. Once you start to turn up on your growth, now you're leveling up. Now they want to turn up too. Narcissists, they lack empathy. They don't know how to turn that light switch, okay? To say, okay, this person is outgrowing the relationship. Maybe I need to learn some things too. Narcissists don't have that moment. Or if they do, they they ward it off. Sometimes with the drinking. Sometimes with the substance. Sometimes with getting into it with other people. Anything to ward off shame, which is really at the, really at the real core of all of this. The narcissist trying to fight off a deep deep shame so they project it onto others okay so once they start to feel that creeping up they will project they may even play the blaming game with you they may even try to point at you as oh you did this you did that and if only you would have done this i would have done that see narcissists are notorious for that well sometimes close to be personality types who are not all narcissists by the way okay so i just broke that down already but uh, you know, I will say that every narcissist, you know, yes, has a cluster B personality type. But every one that you know that has a cluster B personality type is not necessarily a narcissistic person, not a full blown narcissist at all. Okay, so uh, yeah, I, I wanted to share that with you because that's an epiphany that I had years ago. Okay, not not everybody is a narcissist. Um, but there are some out there who has their narcissist personality, such as those who have a dark triad personality, a very dark personality, which can uh, leave people feeling quite heavy energetically in a relationship. So, um, you know, um, as awful as all of this may seem, you know, it's still important. It's very important, I think, that one comes to understand this dynamic Okay, and that dynamic is designed or these dynamics are designed to keep you within a sunken, stunken place of the narcissist relationship. And on top of that, you may become at risk of becoming addicted to it all. Okay, a lot of people have experienced that. Okay, so um, a lot of people, unfortunately, they may fall victim to the shenanigans. The narcissist often has some of the most outlandish terms to an imaginary contract. The imaginary contract is a sign to every person that the narcissist becomes source supply or gets source supply from. Okay? The narcissist gets the source supply. They create a false image of the person. And not only that, they have an imaginary contract. It all correlates to them lacking empathy because you ever heard that saying how it's easy to demonize a person you don't understand or a person you fear it's the same thing narcissists tend to use people as pawns they often have many pawns in the game so narcissists tend to not only create false images of those that uh, they get source supply from but they tend to also have an imaginary contract for each person to fulfill we don't know about the fine print because we don't know about the imaginary contract so we don't know to inquire about the what is it called the red the red or the fine print okay 
I don't know why I wanted to say red words, but anyway, the fine, the fine print of a contract. We don't know to inquire about it because first of all, we don't know there's, there's a contract, an imaginary contract. Narcissists expect, have very unrealistic expectations of those that they are involved with. And they expect them to fulfill those contracts. Okay, so a lot of people fall victim to that shenanigan and a lot of other shenanigans, such as a narcissistic rage, tactics, and all other types of tactics that can be quite diabolical. So, you know, some people might succumb to believe that this is their purpose in life, and that is to please these narcissistic types, okay, for their life, and that that's just not the case. Okay, so in order to break free or to thrive forward past pathological narcissism or the the relationships, right? Narcissistic relationships. You got to realize that these relationships are habitual. That doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Doesn't mean, you know, I'm not trying to call you a a bad addict or no, no, no. But these relationships, they're designed to be very habitual. They're designed to be addictive. Just think about it. Okay, so all the things, that, all the emotions, all the things that we go through with the, these types, yeah, it can be very addictive. A person can become, um, they can get, let me put it this way. There are some people, unfortunately, I mean, very beautiful, empath- empathetic, highly intuitive individuals. Unfortunately, they can become very, they can get high off of feeling low. Okay, they feel badly about what's going on, but yet they're still there. This is where the reward system comes in. What are they getting out of this type of exchange with a narcissist or the narcissist relationship? What are they really getting out of it? We tend to stick with what's familiar. Maybe that's what it is. They're just familiar with these types of relationships. Because let's face it, some of us have had narcissists in our lives since childhood. That can be deemed as an adverse childhood experience. It's called ACE. I've done a few videos about that as well. The ACE, there's a test you can take. It's A-C-E, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And I would say narcissistic abuse can be deemed as an adversity during one's childhood. Okay, so, um, you know, uh, it's very interesting, but uh, interesting. But I'm just saying that usually because narcissistic abuse cuts deep, the narcissistic relationships cut deep. So we have to go deep. Tool number one, make sure you take time out to build your support base and work it. Okay, work it like a boss. Tool number two, make sure you mind your breathing. This is the mindfulness exercises. <sighs> breathe deeply. Learn how to breathe properly. It makes a difference. Tool number three, remember your life has purpose. You don't know. By sharing your story of narcissistic abuse, your experiences, you never know who's going to be inspired by that. So share your stories. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until next time, take care of yourself as well as each other.